0: All right, for those of y'all who don't know me, my name is Andrew Brewer, and I have the great privilege of getting to lead the Grace student group around here, and also the great privilege of getting to wake up at the ungodly hour of 6.30 a.m. every Wednesday morning to meet with our teaching team. Um, they, they elected me to get up here and speak this morning, and uh, that's why I'm here with you, and I'm really excited to be here. Um, some of you all may know this, but most of you probably don't. About 10 years ago, um, my wife and I uh, were at the U of A, and we were both uh, members of the Scola Cantorum Choir there. Um, with that, we got uh, an opportunity to travel to Central Europe to go to Austria, the Czech Republic, and Hungary. It was an amazing trip. We got to uh, uh, sing over the course of two weeks at about 10 different venues, 10 different cathedrals, churches, churches, public spaces, wherever we could find a place to sing and people would listen. Um, It was truly an incredible trip. And on that last stop, the last night we were there, our uh, final concert was at St. Stephen's Basilica in Hungary, in Budapest. And as we got there, you can see a picture of St. Stephen's Basilica here. Is that not more beautiful than any building you've ever seen around here? Y'all, we we got up there, and we started to warm up to get ready for our concert, and the sound waves, the way they bounce off that dome ceiling off those ornate walls is unearthly. It's something that you've never heard before. Um, Y'all, we got up there. We had spent about four or five months preparing for this trip, um, working on our music, our compositions, the voice parts, everything. And when we got up there to sing that last night, Instead of us being about 40 different voices that just happened to be singing the same song, y'all, something something different happened that night. We acted as one entity, one organism that just happened to be made up of individual voices. And y'all, the way that the sounds wove together, it, it was something that just bound us together in that time. Um, there's even studies that show, I, I learned this this week, that when, more than, uh, when two or more people sing together, their hearts actually begin to synchronize with each other. The way that they beat, the cadence, it becomes the same. So y'all, as we're up there singing a common song, common words, common heartbeats, y'all, we were united in a way that the 40 of us would have never been united before. Um, We all came from different backgrounds, different belief systems, different everything. But in that moment in time, we were together. We were united. Y'all, as Alex mentioned, we're kicking off the second half of the Psalms of Ascent um, this summer. We're going to be talking through Psalms 127 through 134. And uh, as he mentioned, these were songs that the Jewish people sang as they ascended towards Jerusalem. That's why they're called Psalms of Ascent. As they ascended towards Jerusalem during their three pilgrimage feast that of Passover, of booths, and of weeks, the people converged towards the temple of God, and they sang these songs together. They united the people in vision. They united them in worship, gave them a common language, a common song, a common cadence as they walked towards God together. I would argue even a common heartbeat now that we know what we know. But y'all, we aren't ascending to Jerusalem anymore, are we? We don't have to make these pilgrimage trips every year. We don't even have a God who's so far off anymore. In this time, God was believed to have resided in the Holy of Holies, in the temple. And the people had to go up to meet with him. They had to go to him. But y'all, even today, that's not the case anymore, is it? For those of you who've been in attendance the past year, we've been walking through the life of Jesus and the death and the resurrection and then the coming of the Holy Spirit. We don't have a God who's far off anymore. We don't have a God whom we have to ascend to anymore. So the question is, that we asked a lot this week in the teaching team, what's the purpose of these psalms for us? Why in the world are we going back to these psalms of ascent if we don't have a far-off God anymore, if we don't have to make these journeys. Y'all, there's two reasons that I think we came up with. The first reason that we are diving into these psalms this summer is because they remind us of who God is and whose we are. They remind us of truths that we've long forgotten. Sometimes they remind us or teach us truths that we've never known. And they remind us about who our king really is. Y'all, the second reason we're diving into these is for similar reasons that I talked about when us as a to Cantorm, that choir, sang together. These songs unite us as a church in the same way that it gave us a common vision or a common song, a common language, common words. These psalms give us as a church a common focus, a common worship, a common language as we come together and study them. But y'all, one thing that came up, and that's a question I have, it's something that I struggle with, is we live in a culture where individuality is prized. This word common, oftentimes it's a dirty word in some ways. We don't want to be common. We don't want to be united. We want to stand out. People in our culture who thrive and who are at the top of the ladder, they stand out. They're unique in some way. So why in the world would we want Commonality. Yo, know, this is what what I believe. It's our commonalities, it's the common things that we have amongst us that unite us. They bring us together. Y'all, you know, and as we're united, as we're brought together, we learn to love one another. And as we learn to love one another, Jesus himself says in John thirteen, thirty five it's by this love that you have for one another that you will stand out, that people will know you're my disciples, that people will know the love of God. So today, we're kicking off the Psalms of Ascent, not with a Psalm of Ascent. We're actually starting with one that's not a Psalm of Ascent, ironically. We're going to Psalm 24. Y'all, I hope that this Psalm is something today that can unite us, that can kick off this series of the Psalm of Ascent and bring us together in a way that we can make it our own, that this isn't just a Psalm that we read and we intellectually say, yeah, that's good. I like the ideas in that. But Today, we're going to break out, and we're going to do this in a way that hopefully we can own this psalm, that we can not just say, yeah, that's good, but that's our song. That's my song. That's my psalm. So let me read it for you. It's a psalm 24, a psalm of David. The Lord owns the earth and all it contains, the world and all who live in it. For he set its foundation upon the seas and established it upon the ocean currents. Who is allowed to ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may go up to his holy dwelling place? The one whose deeds are blameless and whose motives are pure, who does not lie or make promises with no intention of keeping them. Such godly people are rewarded by the Lord and vindicated by the God who delivers them. Such purity characterizes the people who seek his favor, Jacob's descendants who pray to him. Look up, you gates, rise up, you eternal doors then the majestic King will enter. Who is this majestic King? The Lord who is strong and mighty, the Lord who is mighty in battle. Look up, you gates, rise up, you eternal doors, then the majestic King will enter. Who is this majestic King? The Lord who commands armies. He is the majestic King. Y'all, this psalm is an enthronement psalm. Like I said, it's not necessarily a psalm of ascent, but as James Covington pointed out, there's this theme of God taking his rightful place on his throne throughout this psalm. It has a lot of themes that we have looked at over the past year and that are characterized and shown in Colossians 1, 15 through 20 even. the kingship of God. Those are themes that run through both of those verses, both of those passages. Y'all, most of us can intellectually say, yeah, that's, I, I, I believe that. God is king. He is a king, right? Most of us who've grown up in church wouldn't argue that one bit. My question to you this morning is, is he your king? Have you given him the right to rule in your life? Have you opened up all areas of your heart, of your mind, of your person to him? Y'all, around us, we have four stations set up. Over the next 20 minutes or so, like we said, this is going to be different. Instead of listening to me drone on about this psalm, breaking it down for you, we want you to make it your own. We want you to take this psalm. Make it your song. Make it our church's song. Make it your family's song today. At these four stations, we've broken up this psalm into four sections. At the first one, we have adoration, which is in the very back where Teresa's at. Y'all, at this station, we are focusing on verses one and two the idea of God being creator, of God being great. It is a station where we want to give you freedom to speak, to write, to draw, to paint in some way the things that you love about our God, to proclaim your adoration for him. We have a second station set up, confession, back in this corner over here. This one focuses on verses 3 through 6. 3 through 6 talks about who can ascend to the mountain of God, who can come up to his holy dwelling place. The answer in the psalm is pretty much nobody. It, it describes these people who are pure who are flawless who've got no problems whatsoever and just have their acts all together i don't know about you but i don't have my act all together i don't meet the requirements based on what this psalm says of those who are able to ascend some of those reasons are flaws they're sins they're the the things that i know i do wrong i mess up all the time i'm sure you guys do too But there's also blind spots in my life. Those blind spots often come as strengths. When I ask the question to myself, who has the right to rule in my life? Some of the areas where I have given God the least uh, control, where I have held him at an arm's length, aren't those areas where I have shame and where I know that I'm broken? They're those areas where I know that I'm strong, where I know that I can do this. If If I just show up, I've got the ability to do this on my own. Whether it's work where in the task that I'm competent at, whether it's at home in our routines, that I know that you know we've done them a hundred times before, a thousand times before. I feel comfortable in them. I keep God at arm's length sometimes in those. I don't let him in to be the king of those scenarios. And y'all, at this station, I want to challenge you not just to go back there to confess your personal sins. Yes, we need to do that. Yes, that's important think about what areas of your life are you keeping God at an arm's length? Are you saying, I don't need you over here, God. I've got this. Those are sometimes our biggest blind spots. I know they are for me. Y'all, our third station is invitation, back in this corner. At this station, we have communion set up. This focuses on The two verses, 7 and 9, where it says, Look up, you gates, rise up, you eternal doors. Then the majestic king will enter. Y'all, the king is entering in, but we have to open up those gates. Those doors must open. And just as he's invited us to his table, everyone is welcome at this table. When we're taking communion today, I challenge us to not just show up at his table, but invite him into our lives as well to open up those gates and those doors. You know, and the final station is back all the way in the back where you've got that awesome throne set up on a desk or a table back there. And it's the station of ascension. It focuses on God taking his rightful place as our king. I know we've hit on it in all these stations and today, but that's where we hit it head on. It's a station where we have crowns set up. We have the names of God on a whiteboard back there. And while you're there, you can take these crowns, make them, and set them on God's throne. That chair back there represents His throne. And when we're placing crowns on them, we're saying, God, you have the right to rule in my life. And y'all, if. All those don't appeal to you. If you just need some time alone with him, if you need some time to worship, we're also going to have our worship band back up here. And they're going to be playing songs. I I encourage you to come up to the front if that's you. If you want some time just to worship him, that's going to be available as well. Each station should take roughly five minutes or so. So we're going to give you about 20 minutes to disperse to go make this psalm your own today. And then once we're done, Abby's going to get back up here, bring us back together, interrupt um, wherever we're at, and read the meditation and give us more details about the picnic. All right, let's go.